and welcome back to That's a Tough One, the podcast. And YouTube video. And vid- we're doing a video cast now. We are. First time. We made it. Mm-hmm. We finally. made it. We've been like threatening to do it. Then <laughs> we finally decided to to do it. Yeah, we were never sure if we were going to make it. Make it to the big leagues. No, we still aren't sure, but we're giving it a try. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Now we're how like, it feels. Now we're like everybody else. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> in a good way. We're going to make an alpha male podcast. No. Beta male but podcast. But I couldn't be on it. Uh, we'll put a beard on you. They won't know the difference. No, I'm good. <laughs> I have no interest in talking about what I bring to the table, so I am fine. What do you bring to the table? I'm saying, you know what? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. You're right. <laughs> well, for everybody here that's listening or mm-hmm. watching, yeah, make sure I go to my our social media places. What's the, on, go on the gram, mm-hmm. like the cool kids. Go see us at um, what at that's a tough one pod. pod it's head over, yeah, head over to the Twitter and at that's a underscore tough one. Yes. Spelling it will be in the descriptionator. Yeah, and if you, I mean, we're on YouTube, so if you found us, you know where to find us. <laughs> you're already here, uh-huh. and I'm yes. happy you're here. Then you go to the bottom and fall to all of the cool places, and we like you. We like your faces. Yes, but I just want to assure our podcast listeners yeah. that we still love them, even yeah. though we're maybe going to be on YouTube more moving forward, we but we still love our OG podcast listeners. Do we sell out? <laughs> no, you gotta have income, revenue, oh. ads. Not yet. Well, not yet. Not, not yet. ever. Yeah, no, we're gonna sell out. <laughs> I'll sell out quick. I'm selling. I'm, I'm, I'm deuces. <laughs> Just waiting on Barstool Sports. Oh yeah. Come oh yeah. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on. Um, I think it's, it's a it's a couple of. Them. I, I don't want to say their names wrong, mm-hmm. so I'm not gonna say it. Just in case y'all need me. All right. Cool. 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 But I guess we'll keep doing what we always do and talk about our first. Story. Stories in the news that we like. So no updates, no corrections or anything. From, from First of all, stories. I never have to correct anything. <laughs> and now that okay. you ask, I don't have an update. All right. I don't think I have any either. You know, I did have one, but I don't remember it. Right. You got to have ad renew to remember updates. <laughs> you can't remember no updates, you can get on ad renew. All right. Well, what's your first mini for today? Mm. Bet. Headline. Mm. Dare says HBO's Euphoria glamorizes drug use, sex, and violence. The show chooses to misguidedly glorify erroneously depicted high school student drug use, addiction, and other destructive behaviors as a common in today's world. Dare wrote. Um, I guess my question to that would be like, what teenage shows have not done that in the past? I mean, like. Yeah. I'm thinking about Beverly Hills 90210. They were definitely hooking up on that show. Mm. Degrassi. Yeah, oh man, Jimmy. Oh. <laughs> what happened to Tammy? I still yeah. it still hurt me, bro. Now we don't watch we don't watch the show, so I don't know how like gratuitous things are like I don't know how much they're showing. Well, based on what I've seen on TikTok. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot. Based on what the kids are telling me, they they, they be wilding out. Mm. I have a coworker that he keeps me informed on what the What's happening? What's happening in yeah. the, the world? Well, uh, you know, I understand that. Um, I feel like nowadays it's kind of unrealistic to think that a TV show is a thing that's like getting your child into sex and drugs because a lot of teenagers, as we know, like they already mm-hmm. watch pornography, they already have Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, TikTok does censor a lot of stuff, yeah. but they have access to TV shows, movies anything they want like if they want to see sex or they want to see drugs 
they know how to find it. Yeah, so, it, like, euphoria might be one way that people are getting exposed, but, it, like, you banning your child from watching euphoria is not going to stop them from being exposed to those things. Yeah, that doesn't stop them from seeing all... You can literally go on an, an old iPod and search the internet still, connect it to Wi-Fi. If, if you type in um, muffin in Google search bar, you don't know what will come up. I mean, you can, like, you can go on certain websites and read like pornography so yeah. it really doesn't it, it, it doesn't stop you it, it doesn't glamorify I mean it just it shows a perspective of I guess some teenager it was an experience I had <laughs> I don't know if you had a no, euphoric no, no, high no. school experience I don't, I don't watch the show but from what I've heard probably not yeah I mean it's wild uh, I mean I don't know if this is a spoiler to anybody but apparently they just had an episode where the one of the guys dad was fucking a another kid, and they were. I guess they recorded. I don't know. It's it's wild. They wild enough. Um, so on Pretty Little Liars, yeah. there was a storyline where a teacher was dating one of the main characters who was a, his student. So I know there. I don't think there were any graphic sex scenes that I can recall. But mm. this is not new. I do feel like as a parent in your home, if you don't want your child to watch you for you, hundred percent you're right. I can totally get why a parent wouldn't be comfortable with their child watching that. But just because you don't want that in your household doesn't mean the show has to get canceled. Like, yeah. it's HBO, so expect nudity, expect nudity. They put it at the beginning of each show, whatever. Yeah, it. and you just have to make a judgment in your household. But you can't be like, I don't want my child to watch this or listen to this music. So I, it should be banned for everybody. Because it's like a, adults, mm-hmm. too, who want to watch Euphoria. Or people who don't care what their kids watch. So, you know, oh, well... You better put a blocker on. I don't know what to tell them. <laughs> well, I mean, it's there. I mean, they've, they've been around since the 1980s, thanks to um, social media's favorite president, Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, you know, they, they, they're they really, I remember, I, I love Dare. Officer Otto coming into my class from elementary school. I mean. You remember the name? I love Officer Otto, man. He was so cool. I got an old picture of me with my safety patrol uniform. And also, <laughs> That was so cool. So no, you would have no. been you would have been the person narking on all the kids having fun if you went to Euphoria. Yeah, yeah. No one, no, no one and nobody gave me a bunch of Molly. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, so I just did my eighth Molly today. Um, yeah. Eighth period is gonna be a drag. All I remember from Dara is they're saying if if somebody approaches you and it offers you something, say no, stranger danger. I feel like maybe they brought in like a police dog or something like that, but I I don't remember anything other than that. You know what? Now that we're joking about Dare. Uh, I had a stranger but danger moment when I was in elementary school mm-hmm. and I used all my dare techniques. If anybody wants to hear that story, I'll be happy to tell y'all. Mm-hmm. But I dare works sometimes. Shout I didn't get there. I didn't get stranger danger thanks to dare. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever tries to kidnap me, so yeah. That's a good thing. <laughs> you say like I wasn't kidnapped. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was a safe child. Um so yeah. Mm-hmm. That's your mini. Anything mm-hmm. else to add? Mm-hmm. We gotta hey hey, y'all keep you for you you're in the lexicon. Everybody talking about y'all. Keep doing mostly, I guess, what you're doing. When maybe one day I watch, I watch like the first two minutes of it and stop. So I, maybe I gotta get a little further. I'll, yeah. I told myself I'll watch one episode just to see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Then I'll probably just jump off. Yeah, I think since I work with like around that age population mm-hmm. for a job and I hear those types of problems 40 hours a week I have no interest in coming home mm-hmm. 
and watching more teenagers talk about their problems. So <laughs> I'm good on Euphoria. But shout out to you know Zendaya and um, the rest of the cast for having a hit show in their hands. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, my mini is um, like a little bit of a wild ride. Well, they did so. It's set in Daytona Beach, Florida. Hey. Of course. What happened? And uh, it comes from Click Orlando. And the title of the article is Man Uses Roach Spray Nunchucks to Quiet Down Neighbors, Police Say. <laughs> so basically, what happened was um, there was a man in an apartment complex who, uh, according to witnesses, he threatened a group of women in parked in a car in the mm. parking lot in the complex. They all shared the complex. They were celebrating one person's 18th birthday, so they were in the car, like blasting music, dancing. Like we've we've had that experience before at places we lived. Just it's not the best experience. parking lot parties in the middle of the night. Like I totally don't blame anybody for for waking up and being pissed off mm-hmm. hearing that in the middle of the night. I would be pissed too. I probably I had to yell at some girls without at our old apartment about doing that. Yeah, so he, he goes, he yells at them, tells them to lower the volume of the music. And so, of course, like, a verbal altercation uh, breaks out. And so he, uh, the man started making, like, you know, he cussed them out, he started making threats. Uh, he, he threatened to air it out. So, you know, for those who know what that means, you know what that means. Um, so then they, they continued to argue with him. And that's when he pulled out a can of roach spray and sprayed them um, head to toe. And then he started to threaten them with his nunchucks. But what happened was when he went to use the nunchucks, they hit the car door and bounced back and hit him in the forehead. <laughs> so he actually ended up assaulting himself. But you apparently you can't um, you can't hit people with. I mean, you can't spray people with roach spray. No, you can't spray. So them. when he called the police, they were like, "Oh, but you sprayed them, so now you have to go to jail." Yeah. You sprayed them, <laughs> and then you damaged their car. So probably so. <laughs> yeah, you have you you got to leave, sir. Mm-hmm. You the problem. I mean, they the problem. They started the problem. Yeah. So when the police got to the scene, um, they found Adams, the, mm. who's the perpetrator. He had a cut on his forehead, <laughs> and they also found him with one nunchuck. So I guess. It, it hit him that hard. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. wonder he was hurt. Adam had a concussion. That's why he called a concussion. He probably had a concussion. And he also had a, a can of pepper spray, an empty can of roast spray, mm. and a, a box with a handgun. But he never like pulled it out. He just mm. only used the roast spray. My question is, do you know how long and hard you have to be spraying to use an entire can of roast spray? Like you have to be spraying for probably like five minutes straight. That's a lot. That's a lot of you just spray roast spray spraying. <laughs> empty the can out. You know what? Because no matter what, where I've lived, I've never went through a whole can of roach spray. So to say that he was almost at the end, it's like, why? Why? How long have you been using this roach spray for? Right. I feel like I the times I bought any type of like outdoor insect repellent yeah. or bug barrier or whatever, I probably had that thing for like two years. This man, and maybe he had, he was dealing with other roaches in the apartment complex, whatever. I'm assuming based on the spray, having the spray ready. But what I will say is, at least the only thing he busted was a can of spray. He didn't pull out a gun. Yeah. Like, if you had to use a weapon, I'd rather get sprayed with roach spray or even pepper spray than get shot. So, I don't know why he felt like he needed to go outside with spray, roach spray, pepper spray, mm. nunchucks, mm. and a gun. Now, I don't... this 18-year-old girl. Now, I don't know <laughs> about just letting myself get gun or pepper spray. I had that pepper spray before. But between a gun and a pepper spray, which yeah. one would you rather have? Where I'm getting shot at? You don't know. You don't know. I guess pepper spray, but goddamn, yeah. pepper spray. That's a that's real wild. Like he went, he was, <laughs> he was so mad. He 
just started spraying these girls and, and wanted to assault them. And assaulted his. I feel like if I was one of those girls and he was out there yelling at me and spraying me with pepper spray, the moment I saw that nunchuck bounce back and block him <laughs> in the forehead, I'm like, I'm not even mad anymore. Yeah. That's that's fine. That's all I needed to see. Now they, we, but we can't have. I don't want them going back next weekend. I guess we'll be loud every weekend now. Who no, gonna stop us? No. Nunchuck man gone. Mm. Be outside his window going. Mm, I'm sure what he you was back do? in the apartment. He probably got out on bail the next day. He oh, he got out that night. Mm. <laughs> well, I don't want them coming back the next night saying we gonna out petty him. I, I think the moral of the story here is be a good neighbor. Like, mm. and I understand people celebrating their birthdays and milestones and they be drunk and everything. But nobody wants to be woken up at one a.m. by your music. And you're young now, and you don't think it's a big deal, but I guarantee you, when you get older and you want to sleep and you hear some other people outside, you will understand how annoying it is. Um, and the other moral of the story is don't spray people with stuff. Don't assault people with oils, sprays, nunchucks, stars, nothing. Right? Maybe. Mostly. Okay. Mostly. I, you know, I got one more, uh, another mini story. Go for it. Keeping it small. Okay. YouTuber, it's the headline, YouTuber Tasha K responds after jury orders her to pay Cardi B $4 million mm. in a defamation case. Mm-hmm. And I don't know a lot about the case. I, I just, I think I saw it on Instagram or something, and I just thought, like, wow. You can't be lying on the internet no more. Uh, it's a wild story, yeah. Yeah, like, story. based on what I was saying, she was, she was saying some shit that wasn't true. She was saying that she had an STD, like a, a one that you can't um, get rid of through medication. Yeah. She was saying a whole bunch of like really vicious rumors yeah. about her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think that's wild. But you know what? Hey, they got they got somebody. Too bad you had to be a blind woman. They got they got somebody. No more just going on the internet, just being as wild. Like you have to be a little more cautious now. But I think it was also because she, when the lawsuit first happened, she went online and she was bragging about like, oh, she'll never win this lawsuit. She'll never get any money from me. This is like nothing but good publicity for me. So I think that also has something to do with like mm-hmm. the judges ruling. They're like, oh, you think this is a game? This is funny to you. <laughs> well, hopefully they go, go back in and uh, adjust the monetary amount but still say you, you are liable. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think it's good to completely ruin anybody. Like, that's kind of like what uh, Hulk Hogan did. And I know that was a bigger company as opposed to this one woman that's a blogger. Mm-hmm. But I do think you should be held responsible when you when you do stuff like that. Because that'll be the only thing that will stop some people from publishing stuff to ruin people's lives. Yeah. Is if you have to get sued for enough money to where it really hurts. Like, should that completely ruin your livelihood? Maybe, depending on what you're doing. In most cases, probably not. But uh, that also makes me think about those people who, like, film people's kids. Mm. And it's like, well, hey, they don't want their kids to be filmed. Don't post don't pictures do of people's yeah. kids. And if they sue you for that, then I don't, I don't really even have a problem because those are children. So <laughs> I don't feel bad for those people. That's cool. Do you, yeah. do you, have, do you have anything else for what do people, I do. What do the people need to know? So this is interesting. I'm interested. Uh, so Southwest has a new CEO Okay. that's coming in. And in an interview, he said that he's actually thinking about getting rid of the open seating. I, I would, I would be okay with getting rid of open seating because mm-hmm. it's always a hassle. Like especially when we fly, um, those tickets are expensive, and it's hard to say we're gonna both get like this grouping of seats early booking. Yeah. So like one of we'll do it so one of us gets it. 
Uh, so I got to go in there and I got to run and I got to elbow this old lady and throw my bags up and sit down and say, y'all don't sit next to me and hope for the best. Yeah, I mean, I think I have mixed feelings because mm. on the one hand, I like the idea of you come in and you sit down and you don't have people like, oh, excuse me, we wanted to sit together. Can we? Can you move so we can be together and, and all that type of stuff with mm. the assigned seating. I think it... It used to be. Oh boy, well, well, well. Here we are, back. There we go. We're back. We are going. <laughs> everything shut down. The whole, oh our, our whole recording thing, everything happened. I had to pour me some more whiskey on that. Technical difficulties did happen, but you know what? We put our brains together yeah. and we solved a tough one because we wanted to keep talking about these tough topics. That's in the name of the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, wherever we leave off, we were talking about Southwest and we were talking about potentially uh, seeing a change to go to seating assignments they did say that they are not changing the free check bags see long as the bags are more important to me than the seating assignments because uh i'm okay with getting rid of seating assignments of the bag that's what makes southwood so cool i i know i can bring my bag long as it's under 50 pounds it's gonna get on i don't got two bags i don't have to pay a hundred something dollars to try to get my bag on there that's that's a that's a good amount of money i know some people Hey, they got it like that. Good for you. I, I just can't be having a yeah. surprise. Oh, your bag five five pounds over. Uh, that'd be an extra, right? Lot of money. I and think I, we went. It was like three hundred dollars for a bag. Yeah, that was on Delta. I was on and Delta. my bag was three pounds over, and she was like, "Oh, you have to pay one hundred and fifty dollars." And I said, "I will not do that." Not for three pounds. Thank you very much. Not for no three pounds. Like I would throw a pair of shoes away or a pair of jeans away before I pay one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> but I mean, I think. Back like a few years ago, traveling Southwest was a lot easier because, you know, I'm sure we all know f- flights weren't as packed as they have gotten over the last few years. I think it was less people taking advantage of the family boarding, like the pre-boards. I think you had a chance of, oh, our neighbors have muscle cars, if you heard that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they like to drive in sushi real early that night. Thank only when, and late at night, early in the morning, or when we're recording. Thank you guys. <laughs> awesome. Um, I think like it used to be a chance that you could check in for your flight, like within the first five minutes of when the check in opened, and you would still get an A, A boarded thing. Now, if you don't pay for the early bird check in, or you're not like the um, award the rewards member, you're not getting A. You maybe you getting a fifty, a sixty if the flight isn't super duper full, but if you're in B, you have to go behind all the families, the people you know. The kids supposed to be under six, but it's like teenagers. They got two twelve year olds, mama, daddy, uncle, cousin, the whole family, and so sometimes like you could be in B, and you might have checked in like right at like say your flight leaves at six, you checked in at right at six. You you still maybe are at the back of the plane. Maybe you can't sit with your family. Maybe you even in a middle seat. Yeah. Depending on how many people get on before you. Yeah, I will give Southwest credit though for trying to alleviate some of the issues they were having with family boarding and saying if it, if there's one child under six, you can have two adults. Yeah. There's no bringing um your your twenty year old cousin and your. Your, your son's 30 years old and you got a six-year-old you're like well we got a six-year-old like, no 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 mama and daddy right here two adults because we definitely saw depending on the airport we've seen 
like I thought one time it was like maybe a family reunion, mm. and it was one kid, one or two kids it, it that were under kids. six yeah. for sure. They were really small, but it was maybe like fifteen people who got on with them. <laughs> so I we do appreciate, especially in cities where a lot of kids are flying like into Orlando, mm-hmm. that when they enforce that. But then it's like you got the. But sometimes you just have a lot of families. And they do have other kids. Yeah, especially to va- vacation destinations like Orlando. Yeah. You got Disney World and Universal there. There's going to be a lot of kids traveling. Yeah, holidays, yeah. Thanksgiving, Christmas. It's just more families traveling. And obviously, like, if y'all can't tell, we don't have any kids. And so we are, we be giving them the stink face when they get home. Like, <laughs> mugging. Like, dang, because you know they going to get all the good seats and, mm. and everything. So I feel like I don't mind them going back toward yeah. checking or going towards giving people assigned seats i don't know what that's gonna mean for the fam for the family board like they gonna have to just book their flights early and pick the seats but Mm. i i do think some people will definitely not be happy with that yeah yeah i mean it's it's beneficial for everybody else except for the families but they'll they'll be okay that just means they have to buy their seats and make sure they're real diligent don't come to me asking can can you switch with me like no i like my seat I yeah. want to sit in the middle seat between you and your and, and your and your spouse. I'm good with that. I, I think the other good thing is, like, say you have to use the restroom or, you know, you sit in line for coffee and the line is too long and you do have an early spot, but you are late for your flight for whatever reason. Now you in see, now you sit in the middle seat as opposed to other airlines. Like, I could walk on last person on flight. I know my seat is going to be waiting for me because it's a sign. So that's nice, but I hope they don't do like other airlines and start charging for the premium seats like oh you want to see you don't want us in the middle now you got to pay extra twenty dollars because that's how those flights you know those prices go up Mm -hmm. so i don't know we'll see Uh, obviously it's not in any of our control because the airline industry does what they want yeah i don't think they're gonna listen to our uh, that's a tough one podcast even though you should because you're here right now thank you again yeah yeah and I, i also like the fact that uh southwest has good companion certificates too so it's like they do do a lot of stuff that's good for customers but it's like dang it's just all those families <laughs> no more fighting for our lives <laughs> no more fighting for our lives I, I like delta i know this is like a segue but i like that's why i like delta yeah I, I, delta, delta usually does this right especially you get a business class or something mm. Those seats nice. The plane Comfort big. Plus, yeah. Like, Wi Fi always work. <laughs> wi Fi jumping in there. Sometimes Southwest, mm, you don't know. You just, it's just happy you done. I'm happy the plane take off and land. Yeah. They're also talking about potentially bringing back the drink service too, which. Mm, we don't need it. I don't think we need it. Not I don't think need. we need it. Now, I, I don't know how the mass policies are going mm-hmm. to be working, but I don't. Uh, we all we almost saw somebody act up on the flight. They had their child with them, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh, it was, it was getting iffy." I'm like, like "Are no. we gonna, are we gonna be on a viral video? <laughs> we gonna be the background going?" Mm, mm, mm. So, so my idea is, if I worked for the federal government, the FAA, or whatever, mm-hmm. I think everybody who has a ticket, you should have to scan your ticket to buy a drink in the airport or on the plane. You should have two scans. And then after you have two drinks, that's it. Mm-hmm. And for like maybe like a certain amount of time 
or until you get to the next um, airport or something. I don't, but I don't think you should be able to go into the airport. Like, you know, some people get there at 4.30 when TSA opens, they flight isn't until 6 or 7, and then they just sit there and get hammered. Yeah, like, uh, that. yeah, that, that'd be kind of cool. Like, hey, there's only a two-drink limit up to up to four hours before your flight. You can't, it won't let you drink more than two drinks in the whole airport. That way, we know, like, hey, well, I, I'm, I'm here five hours early. Unless you're going to get six cocktails in before it gets to those four hours, ain't nothing you can do. Hey, you, automatically it's going to cut you off. Yeah, I, I think they're going to have to do something about people just cutting the food at airports. And it's unfortunate because I know that's how places make a lot of money and those restaurants and those bars in the airport make money. Mm-hmm. But personally, I would just I would like to know that my flight is going to get to its destination and people ain't going to get on there and cut up. No, yeah, they ain't sitting behind that. I don't got time, man. Uh, yes, yeah. Well, well, you have another mini, or you got another story for us? No, we can talk about stories, and this may it may be something that you have seen in this okay. world. Um, the headline: Judge lifts order preventing Wisconsin hospital workers from starting new jobs. Heard that one in the news? Lifts order mm-hmm. pre- preventing hospital workers. So the order was that if you worked in a hospital in Wisconsin, you couldn't quit and get another job. Great, great question. There was, there's this hospital um, company in Wisconsin mm-hmm. uh, called, I'm not going to pronounce the name, Theta Care, mm-hmm. and they blocked seven of their employees who were trying to transfer over to, uh, I guess, new jobs at Ascension Northeast Wisconsin. And the whole, their whole, the to- mostly everybody on that team was going to leave, and they worked in the, excuse me, I don't know the name by heart, they all worked in an interventional radiology and okay. cardiovascular team that's important yeah so there were seven out of 11 people uh i think the theta theta care at that hospital there it says it was like a stage two uh, level two okay because they that that unit's always be always being able to access 24 7. so there's always people there that's ready to do that type of job okay um but if they lose seven people they won't be able to do it yeah so they yeah. went to a judge and said we want we want you to order them to not be able to leave in another in a contract, they're not contracted workers, uh, so they can't leave right now because we will be understaffed if they all decide to leave and go over there. And that's what gets a little iffy. Like they had to get uh, la- labor yeah. <laughs> labor lawyers involved because. Uh, not, and I'm, it's probably a better word for this, but that mm-hmm. feels like forced labor. I know they're being they're still paying them, but that feels like illegal that feels like a little bit of slavery or indentured servitude or something yeah, like i don't think you can force people to stay in a job other than like if you sign a contract like for the military mm-hmm. obviously that's something different but that don't sound like that's what that was no 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 and i understand they care like hey we operate this hospital um they have seven hospitals in the area this is a very important unit to us to lose that many people will be tragic but you, i think you have to ask yourself why are that many people right. wanting to leave? Like, why do they exactly. all feel like there's a better opportunity over here? I'm going to take it. Like, did anybody talk to them? Mm-hmm. Anybody ask? Like, hey, mm-hmm. if we change this, if we do this, can we keep you here? Y'all were like, well, y'all can leave, but y'all can't probably all leave late. at the same time. It's yeah, too late. It's, they probably had their grievances, and none of them were ever met. And they got to the point where these people were like, no, we're we're gonna leave. We're fed up. And the other companies like, yeah, we need all y'all. If y'all y'all want to come. Bring it. So was it that they told them they had to continue showing up for shifts? Yes. So yes. it wasn't just like, oh, well, if you quit, you won't have a job. It's like you mandated by law to come in and work this shift. Mm-hmm. And they were going to slowly over time let them go over to the new place where they wanted to work. 
It's crazy, ain't it? Unless you have a non-compete clause, that's the only way that I could see them telling you that you can't go take another job. But even still, like, what if I just, what if that was me and I said, okay, I'm going to just use all my sick days then? Mm-hmm. Can I do that? Yeah, what are, what are they going to do? Like, I'm just going to be sick every day. And then, like, okay, well, nobody has this uh, this treatment that could possibly help people. I'm, and I'm not going to get into how that unit is important, but it's important. It's important enough for them to do all this mm-hmm. to try mm-hmm. to stop it. Yeah, and uh, I guess some of their complaints was poor management and a destructive yeah. personal emergency for everyone and and everything in this place. Like they, they didn't like it there. Well, you know, when seven people quit a, a job mm-hmm. at the same time, it's definitely higher ups. It's definitely management, big level policies, or some, something happened, and it's not just seven people just up and quitting for no reason. And it, and also, I would argue, it's people who probably like know the importance of their job mm-hmm. right now more than ever if they're quitting like that it's for a reason and it's wild like you said that they would say well can we make changes to keep you we value you like no we're going to mandate that you have to come into work like that says a lot about the type of working environment they were in so i'm glad that they didn't allow jobs to set that legal precedence of like oh yeah i could just force you if you have specialized skill i can force you to stay here until i find somebody else to replace you yeah because what I, I don't want to come into work like this is I mean, this is not good for my mental health and now you have somebody that doesn't want to be there that you're going to try to force them to work until you, until you feel like they can leave because we're able to accommodate ourselves better and right. they're, 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 they're going to do their performance may suffer we can't have their performance suffer and that's in that type eth- of job that's a huge ethical concern like yeah. in those types of jobs similar to my job role if there's uh, if there's worry or cause to think that you are burnt out and therefore you can't do your job to the level that you need to be doing it, like the responsibility of where you work is to remove you from those job duties and like help fix whatever issues you can mm-hmm. or if they can't fix the issues you can't do that job anymore because it's people's lives we're talking about so that's I, personally like I wouldn't want somebody working on me that doesn't that's legally being forced to be there that doesn't want to be there that's under all that stress and duress and i'm not even saying that they would intentionally harm anybody but it's just like i can't imagine mentally going into a job every day knowing i was mandated by a court being forced to go there yeah a a place that i will i will gladly quit what happens if they quit like what, what? There's no legal recourse. What are you gonna hold from them? Yeah, I just think that's a really dangerous thing to start making it seem to companies that that's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Because what it happens when? Oh well, uh, I'm a lawyer for Amazon, and I had 2,500 employees trying to quit nationwide last week. I need you to tell them they have to keep working because it's the holiday season. Like ah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of the reasons, and just one of the. Uh, one of the people representing them just like and now we have management incapable of controlling labor and asking courts to prevent the free market from happening it's just yeah. we're, we're living in the upside down world right yeah. now like, I mean we want the free market everybody everybody wants the, wants the free market until it's truly free and people are able to exercise their own rights yeah. and the flip side of that is most states in the United States because of that mm-hmm. are right to work states and so your job can literally fire you without cause in any re- without any reason like yeah. they don't like what sweater you wearing today they can fire you and you don't have any legal recourse and now they're making it so a lot of jobs can pay you minimum wage or below living wage to train you so it's like so you, uh, you can fire me anytime 
but you also wonder where I can't quit my job. Yeah, like, hey. but, <laughs> <laughs> like what yeah. you gonna fire me? We're gonna fire you for performance, but I can't leave to go somewhere else with my performance. No, 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 no. No, sir, no, that, is, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, okay. And that would have that would probably be something that if other companies tried to do that, that would eventually be in people's employment contracts. It's like, oh no, you can't force me to stay here. You can tell me I can't. Y'all can do a non-compete all mm-hmm. you want to. Yeah. If I take my specialized knowledge or expertise, I can't go take it over to a competitor across the street. That's pretty standard but you can't make me yeah we and we probably sh- definitely shouldn't be doing that for people in the medical field saying well, oh. i throw myself down some stairs I, my hands look they're broken i can't do nothing you might as well let me go <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no like it's it, it medical field and certain other fields are different mm-hmm. like we if somebody wants to leave and go to another hospital we know they're going to help other people at the other hospital like you just really don't want that computer programmer going somewhere okay it's <laughs> you can fight it all you want to stop them from going there but we need people especially especially first responders and all that right mm-hmm. now so yeah that's a, I, I'm glad that it was overturned mm-hmm. I hope those people will sue and get a lot of money because they deserve it because that's that's just we, unreal we wonder why they wanted to leave Right. If I that manager, <laughs> fire whoever the the people are who are making the decisions at that facility. Because it's not working. Like if no. if this is how you're going to respond to a situation like that, like just tell them, hey, thank y'all for working here. Uh, good luck on your next venture. We wish you guys would have done this, mm-hmm. but hey, we'll move we'll move on right now. And one thing I know, it's a small world. Mm-hmm. It's a small world. And I guarantee you, you gonna it's gonna be very hard to fill those other seven positions when those people do leave. Cause who would, who would go into that job? That's what that's what they hear now. The best of the <laughs> the people that are the best aren't wanna gonna gonna go there. So now it's like if, if you need that type of service to go to the hospital, like you know you're getting the B team now. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not the people. <laughs> like y'all bringing who in? Oh my god! It's just like it's really the C team. People who are desperate for that for those jobs, and I'm not saying that they're guaranteed to be bad, mm. but most people be like, "Oh no, why would I want to go work there? Mm. These people had to be legally forced to work there. I'm good." Yeah, something doesn't seem right about that. Nothing seems right about that. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, that was a very upsetting story, but I'm glad it had like a okay ending. Yeah, yeah. Everybody got a little act right. Well, the judge got the act right because I don't know who initially who first did that order to. Say, you know what? Y'all are right. We should do that. Like, no, no. Just because they got fancy lawyers don't mean that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a doozy of a, of a story to talk about today. So get your drink ready. Okay. I'm going to be probably making some mistakes and it may get confusing, but I'm going to do my best to try to break this story down. It's all, hey, it's all <laughs> mistakes here. We good? Mm, Shoot. Okay. So this article is titled, Why Swipe Online Dating doesn't work for most people mm-hmm. um and this was written by jeff allen for <clears throat> for medium.com and so he did kind of like a deep dive into this very very popular phenomenon of like swipe online dating so for those who don't know what that is that's like tinder hinge uh bumble where you swipe left or right to match with people so swiping left is no yeah right is yes and right is yes I know somebody that met on one of those dating apps ended up getting married. Did they? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, so it, uh, so obviously it works for some people. Some people. Others, um, it's not so much. And I would definitely say as I've gotten older, 
dating has changed. Like, I think when I first became of age and started dating, it was all, you know, you met somebody at a party, at a basketball game, through a mutual friend. And then I think I, we've all watched online dating become super popular, have, like, less stigma, become more common and widespread. And mm. now I would say it's probably, like, the main way for a lot of people that they meet people rather than just face-to-face, like, complete strangers walking up to you in public or meeting through friends. Yeah, especially with all this pandemic stuff going mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's making it harder to meet. People spend a whole year, year and a half in their formative lives. This is the, was the only way, and now they got to try to relearn how to do something else. Like, I'll just take this wife. Yep. So, um, for anybody who has been on, like, online dating apps over the last few years, you'll probably know it's a horrible hellscape of ghosting and dick pics and just catfishing apparently happens a lot on there and a lot of people (laughs) just express their frustration with the whole entire process and so um jeff allen wrote an article kind of breaking down like what is the problem with swipe apps and why don't they work for most people and i I guess i would kind of push back and say i don't think i would say it doesn't work for most people I think it just takes time to work for most people. Like I do know plenty of people who have met spouses or at least have like long time relationships Mm. off of dating apps. But I think you have to just sort through so much garbage to get there, (laughs) to get there. So I think it'll be interesting just so as we talk through this to hear my opinion as like a person, a woman Mm. who dated on my side of dating apps and then you as a man who dated like what that was like for you from your perspective on dating yeah that'd be fun all right so the first theory is that just the numbers like the probability of matching because there are so much more men on dating apps than women Hmm. so um in 2019 on tinder men swiped swiped right on 46 percent of potential matches and women only swiped right on about 14 percent or even less and a big part of this is because they're just way 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 more men so women can afford to be more picky you so like i know you know those running jokes on social media are like oh guy with the fish picture swipe left if he got on sunglasses swipe left if he's with a group of friends you can't tell who he is left if it's a woman in the picture, swipe left. But it's because, like, women can do that because you can go through a hundred pictures, a hundred profiles in like five minutes, and keep swiping to the point where like a lot of people narrow down their search range because mm-hmm. they're like, it's just too many guys, yeah. you know. And if you broaden it up to age or location, you could just be, you know. Yeah, just tip, tip to the guys. Don't and I guess to everybody, your first picture shouldn't be a group picture. Your first picture should be a picture of you. Of you. They have to know what you look like. Waist up, something. Yeah, yeah. Not in a Halloween costume. Not holding a fish. Unless you just specifically want a woman that likes, like, is into hunting and outdoor stuff. But <laughs> terrific, terrific. You then you keep holding that fish because you say I'm. I only want women. That are also into fishing and hunting. Keep holding that fish. Not in sunglasses and not a picture of your car. No, no. And not a meme. Yeah, if you're if you're this big in a picture and your car is taking up eighty percent of the picture, you do you're doing it wrong already. Yes. So, that basically, it creates a situation where women become more picky and men become they lower their standards. And so, what ends up happening is by the time you actually match with someone. 
the person, the man that's matching with the woman may not be somebody that he would naturally have gone for if he, mm. like, say he had just seen her out in public or out at a party, maybe looks-wise or personality or interest-wise, like, you start to make compromises to increase your chances of actually matching with someone, and then what happens? You, like, you talk with them back and forth, and one of y'all ghost each other, or you go on a date, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, I really can't do this, I'm not interested She's not my type at all. We're not clicking. And so it doesn't it doesn't pan out. It doesn't go anywhere. So it's bad for the guy in terms of his, like, he's not matching with women who he wants to match with. And it's bad for the girl where you might be getting more matches and more dates, but it's not leading to anything. Yeah. And so it's like more frustration on both people's parts. And I would say I definitely had that experience, I think, um, going on dates, on online dating and things like that. What about you? Mm, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's just def- definitely difficult, especially just the in terms of just matching and trying to start a conversation from scratch. And it it, it always was funny to me, especially on Bumble. I know it's female mm-hmm. start they first. Reach out to you, yeah. yeah, but then they they, they drop that first line is is what's up. It's like well, I'm still talking first. That didn't, mm, <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. that didn't really do anything. It, well, it's still it's still on you to try to get this conversation started, and hopefully, you do everything correctly, or you yeah. you don't want to mess up, and you you, you say one, um, not, not even nothing inappropriate, but you say one thing in the text that because there, there are so many men on there like uh, yeah, you can just get back on and meet somebody else. Yeah, I I I like cats, and she's like, oh, you you a cat person. Done already. <laughs> yes, I would say I'm guilty of that myself. I'm guilty of that myself. Unfortunately, like it was definitely times where I swiped on somebody and I was like, mm, I'm not super crazy about them, but mm. I give them a chance. And they said one thing, and I was like, Oh no, I'm, I'm good. And it I'm wouldn't good. be like if they were having a whole conversation with you. That one thing wouldn't stop you from continuing talking to them. But it, it's so like you can be like, Well, I don't like that thing. Yeah, and I would say definitely the reverse has happened. Like it's definitely been times where. I matched with somebody on Bumble and I sent them a message and then I went back and looked at my app and they had unmatched from me because they like they probably just swiped right on every person mm. and weren't really interested or or whatever you know or you know sometimes you do go on a, a date with somebody and you like oh no you know so it happens I think that's just the pitfalls of you have so many people to date from it's new people moving into a city every day new people on the app every day mm-hmm. and so it's just easier to dispose of people like it's easier to say well you're okay but i can probably do better mm-hmm. and so i just get back on the dating app and i just swipe more and swipe more and swipe more and swipe more and it just <laughs> it just continues on so the other piece of this is a theory that the author developed called the hierarchy so the the person who were at the top this at the top of the pyramid, top ten percent mm. of desirable people on any like swipe app is a Chad, and basically a Chad is a super duper good looking guy. So that's a very very small percentage of the. So like think like that guy that's good looking. He's a doctor. You know he has all the right political views, oh, yeah. moderate, whatever, blah blah blah, and he's like the most desirable man that all the women on. Uh, like Bumble or whatever we want to match with mm-hmm. he's at the top because that's who like all the women want and because there are so few men on there the women are more in demand 
So he's at the top. He has his pick of any woman. And he primarily uses those apps like that. Like knowing I have any girl I swipe right on, I'm a match with. Mm. So he's having meeting girls in real life. He's meeting girls on apps. He's just living it up hard to attain the Chad. Then there's another level under that. Those women are Stephanie's. And this is like the top percentage of attractive women on um, dating apps. So these are like the girls that are models, you know, the girls who have the physical features that any any guy across yeah. all racial groups. Almost conventional attraction things. Yeah, I would say like the, the, the IG baddies on the black side and on the other side, like, you know, the beach babes and, and all that type of stuff like that. Mm. So these are girls who, for them too, any guy they swipe right on, they're going to match mm-hmm. with. They're going to make it. <laughs> right. But they're having a hard time matching because basically they want to match with Chad's. They want to match with the best looking guys. But the best looking guys, maybe you're matching with them. Maybe you're not, like, maybe you're getting ghosted. Maybe you're not getting into a first date because they're just out having sex with so many women or dating so many women. Yeah, they're getting so many matches from, like, probably the tier under them or. They don't go down. <laughs> the Chad's don't go down. They, they don't they, need to go down. Yeah, yeah. But so, and the other issue is it's hard to get a Stephanie on a dating app because Stephanie's are approached in public by men mm. because they're so good looking that they don't have a, they don't necessarily need to be on the app. So they may not even stay on there for a long time. Like they're going, they're going to get souped up basically. Yeah. So the person under that is a Jake. So a Jake is a guy who is that like, he's over six feet. He has a degree, has a good job. He has good profile pictures. He's desirable to women but Jake is also struggling on the apps because Jake knows that he's good looking enough or he has the qualities that are desirable enough to potentially get with a Stephanie but he's not matching with Stephanie's so that may be because he's not popping up in the algorithm that might be because there's not a lot of Stephanie's on there it might be because the Stephanie's are with the Chad so he's like a guy who in normal everyday life would still be a guy who could meet women but he's struggling on the dating apps mm-hmm. okay. that person told me I was too dog to, to the bottom oh, that's not true that is not true mm-hmm. I, huh? you think you Jake or you think you something else so far I don't, I don't know what I am I okay. somebody in the comments will tell me one day okay so the next level under that is Heather's so this is where a good chunk of women fall into about 30% Heathers are good-looking girls. They're just not Stephanie. They're just not mm. head-turners, heartbreakers, models. These are the same girls who, like, they're still getting plenty of swipes. But they are not getting first dates, and they may not be getting second dates because the men who are matching with them are men who have, in their mind, lowered their standards from Stephanie's to to them, to Heathers. You mm. see, you follow? Yeah, I'm, I'm all in. You see what I mean? So it's like everybody is dating under or above where they sh- where according to this where they should be except for chad except for chad chad got a good <laughs> stephanie's probably okay too but heather is getting guys that are probably out of her league yeah because they're lowering their standards to match but because that's happening they're not clicking in real life so heather's mm. back on the dating app yeah it's plenty of heathers on there <laughs> she's striking out mm. and so then under that <laughs> we only got two more to go <laughs> we only got two more this to might go thesis, uh, thesis, um, I'm sure okay. it probably is Yeah. okay so Ian's are similar they're like similar level of it's like your average guy mm. He maybe he doesn't have like 
and I'm only speaking about what's desirable from the cities I've lived in. So I'm not saying not having a degree is not desirable, but he probably doesn't have a degree, or maybe he has some of the other things that women aren't necessarily. And, and there's nothing wrong with not having a degree, nothing man. Trade, all trade workers, man. That's just important. We talking about like the pickiest of the picky, like bumble yeah. people, like. Maybe he doesn't have a degree. Maybe he has kids. He's divorced. Maybe he's five nine. Maybe he's you know whatever. Like he might be losing his hair or something like that. But he is no luck on the dating apps. He can't be five nine. I don't know about that. Under six feet, he ain't gonna make it, baby. Rarely they say this this uh this guy ever match with a woman who's even moderately attractive mm-hmm. because women are dating up. So they're getting the Ian, I mean, not the Ian's, they're getting, you know, the Jake's, they're getting higher level guys. Yeah. So they're like, oh, why would I swipe on you? I just matched with like three or four top tier guys. So I, I can pass you up because I know I can match with more people. So they're not doing good on the dating apps, like at all. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> I feel bad for a man, shoot, short kings, you gotta. Yeah, you know he he a, he a plumber, which is a great trade. You making great money, but they, they I mean, some people do look down generally do look down on that for no reason. Yeah, but I think it's hard. Like so, for example, I used to live in an area before we met and started dating that was near a hospital, and so like most of the people that were on the dating apps were close to me were like cardiologists, radiologists, surgeons. They were in med school. They were dentists. They were PhD students or whatever. So you have like a very like a, according to society high caliber of person on there mm. so a guy that might be like oh I work at AT&T that's yes, still a good job but just when you compare him like when you're swiping and you see all these other professions doctor, lawyer, doctor, lawyer, dentist pilot, blah 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 it's like oh he's an average guy I'm a great guy too but women may just be more likely or he's short <sighs> women might just be more likely to, to swipe past on you because they got so many other options that are, might be more desirable. Yeah, so yeah. come on, short kings. I, I'm, I'm sticking to you guys, man. I believe in y'all. Me, I've never been vertically challenged myself, but I do respect <laughs> y'all, y'all plights. It, it is a hard because women do be discriminating against you, especially you say you five eleven. You say you six. 5'11". Ooh, I'll be like, boy, you about five five five. Yeah. Ain't no five. Ain't nobody in this world actually five eleven. Then you at the bottom. Yeah, because everybody who's 5'11 says they're six feet. Everybody know that. That's a fact. So then you have the bottom. And at the bottom are the Beckas. And the Beckas are just the women who are unlucky enough to not be attractive. And so if you are a Becca, you are not matching. Or if you are matching, you're getting ghosted left and right. You can't make it to that first date. If you make it to the first date, you can't make it to a second date. Like, those are the women who... Any guy on that hierarchy, if he's not having luck, he'll match with you. Mm. And he'll maybe give you some some type of a chance. But you're not. It's less likely that you would get a lasting relationship out of um, a swipe app if you're a Becca. Mm-hmm. So that's also like a really, um, really bad position to be in. And so according to the author, not me, but this tends to be women with kids. He said that's one of the most common people who fall into that category on dating apps. Mm. And I think, again, that probably just depends on, like, your age range and where you live, what type of circle you date into. Yeah, because I, I, I definitely say it, especially for me, I don't I don't have any children. But probably once I hit, like, 
20, 27, 28, I had to be like, okay, if a woman has a child, I, I can't, I, I can't just be so picky for myself and say, I, I'll never date a woman with a child. I mean, they, they live a whole life before me. Like, I, I, I can accept a child that, mm-hmm. that, that they have. No, if I go there and they got five, I'm like, oh no, that's okay for me. All right, let me dip out. Peace. That actually happened on a date. That happened. On <laughs> what? Today. I think I told you that. You did what? I showed up and they said they got uh, they had uh, four children from uh-huh. three different baby fathers, uh-huh. and they uh applying to work at the Waffle House. And I was like, and they moved to Atlanta. All their kids are in a. They moved to where we were, uh-huh. but all their kids and stuff are still in Atlanta. Uh-huh. And I was like, huh. That's that's that was, that was wild. And so did you you left the date? No, no, no. I had a reason. I like I had a, I gotta go to work. That's something. Oh. <laughs> oh wow. I I had that happen to me on one date. Somebody gave me an excuse like that. He was like, Well, I gotta go run some errands. I was like, Oh, so I'll never see you again. <laughs> and I did see him again in the grocery store one time. He's randomly. Like, he's like, oh. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and I was like, What do you think I'm gonna like I'm gonna say, Hey you Remember me? It's dating app. It's, don't take it seriously. Sometimes there are people who you match with, and you like they don't like you. Sometimes y'all don't like each other. Sometimes you know it just happens. It's just you're meeting a person who you only know by picture yeah. and text messages, so you just never know. It might get in there and have a weird voice. Yeah, and I think that's just the biggest takeaway from Fine. from this is dating apps are a hard place, and I think I would say don't take rejection personally like I know it's hard not to take rejection personally but this is all people what they have in their mind about what they think they deserve and who Mm -hmm. they think they deserve and whether or not they can do better or worse or whatever just because there are so many people to pick from it's so easy to just get on there and meet a new person in five minutes so I, I think it's just like everybody is getting rejected on dating apps that's probably the biggest the biggest takeaway don't take it personal because everybody has been rejected unmatched blocked stood up ghosted we've all had bad experiences so yeah mm-hmm. just uh, try to do a little quick story real sure. quick I know we gap I have all the time in the world <laughs> I can't tell that was sarcastic or not <laughs> <laughs> um, my headline mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Mahomes fiance responds to criticism for a spring champagne on fans after Chiefs win. And I know that when this comes out, the game's going to probably have happened if anybody sees it. Uh, yeah. So this is before they played the um, the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. So we were recording it. But that was wild. And, but I, I understand because it was she had criticisms about the hate on social media she got. Yeah, by yeah. people saying how much they hate her. And she was like, hate is a strong word. And it is. It is. It definitely is. I hate for somebody to. I hate for people to use hate, but in terms of saying you hate somebody, yeah, um, that's somebody that you don't know. Yeah, you don't know them. Never interacted with them. Just based on this one thing you saw on the internet. Mm-hmm. That and that takes a toll on you, especially when you're somebody who like I'm assuming her who reads those responses and mm-hmm. sees them, and that, that can definitely affect you. She sees a a mother and a, and all this, so don't want to see that. But. But she was after the Chiefs win. She started. She was. She's in her sweet box, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Great. Your um, your, your your child's father's out there playing football. Oh, they have a kid together. Yeah, they got a whole oh. kid together. He had to play football. They just won a big game, crazy game. You spraying champagne, cool. 
But when you spray the champagne over the balcony into people sitting down who are not interacting with you on a cold night, this is Kansas City, yeah. Missouri, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it, based on what everybody's wearing down there, it was freezing. And now, you, now they have a, a mystery liquid raining on their bodies, and they have to look up like, well, what, yeah. what is that? That's not the best look. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Yeah, I think my thing with her is that it's important, and it's not an excuse, but it's important mm. to remember that she's young, and a lot of people don't get media training or any type of like education on how to come into fame and money and, and media press and exposure. And I think we sometimes we forget that when we look at other athletes, but like she's a person, know. a person like Le- LeBron James, like he knew that he was going into the league and he had people around him to prepare him for that. He had a wife who knew that. And I, and I would say maybe same thing for Patrick Mahomes cause I don't, they've been together for a long time, but I think when you don't come from an environment where you're used to that type of fame, having somebody stick a camera in your face, knowing the right thing to say, the right thing to do, you're kind of immature, kind of not like cultured and exposed to a lot of things, which it seems like she is. I can see how you can make those types of, of stupid mistakes. And especially in the days of social media when like, it could just be your day. People could pounce on you for anything. Yeah, they waiting for you. What I will say though is, I feel like she should know better by now. Especially when you know you kind of have a target on your back and people already don't like you. You should be careful about what you're doing. And mm-hmm. I know she was like, well, can I can I not just do what I want and not have people jump on me? No, you can't. You, yeah, you can't do what somebody whose husband is the regional manager of Best Buys. You can't do what that wife, that wife or their partner does that you can do. Especially when you have such a huge social media presence. You just can't. You got you to think about it. Now, that's the pers- mm-hmm. type of person you want to be. I'm going to spray champagne on anybody I see. That's fine. But it, it comes off a certain way. Based on yeah. everything that was happening at that moment in the stadium. Yeah, I think it definitely was inappropriate. And I think sometimes it's okay to, like... Mm-hmm. Now, people, of course, they're not calling her out in a nice way. But sometimes it's okay to reflect on something and say, Oh, yeah, that was wrong. I apologize. And I feel like that's the other issue people don't have with her is that she never comes back and apologizes. She made it about her, like, Well, why are people attacking me? You know, why does everybody don't let me do what I want to do? It's like... That's not the right reaction no, to that. No. Like, you you did something on impulse. It didn't seem malicious. It seemed like she was just celebrating and having a time, but it was a bad decision. It was the wrong thing to do. And so you can just apologize for that. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was her, I'd be like, oh, let me reach out to everybody who was sitting in that section. I'm going to personally send them a bottle of, sh- bottle of champagne, send them flowers, you know, get them tickets for, like, the season opener next year. Yes. Something to do to just make amends for it instead of making yourself the victim. Yes, yes, that would definitely be a better a better response, and it'll make you seem like the bigger person over all those little hate comments. Like you're giving them fuel. Like yeah, she sees my comments. She knows how we feel. Like no, don't give them mm-hmm. fuel. I think it makes me wonder, like, what is being said to her from the people in her life, like her husband, her family, not her husband, yeah, her fiance, yeah. her family. Well, well, we we probably know the other problem is she's probably getting advice from uh, Patrick Mahomes' uh, little, little brother. <laughs> Oh, uh, his. <laughs> but, but what I was trying to say was, I wonder people are saying to her like, "Oh, they're just hating on you. They're just jealous. You're you're not doing anything wrong." And I think sometimes I think when people grow up in those types of environments or they're socialized like that, like babied, then they really don't understand. They do really take any type of criticism. It's like, oh, they're just hating. They're just jealous. Yeah. You yeah. know. So, I I feel for 
the Mahomes family, I think. Well, no, I'll take that back. They rich, they fine. But <laughs> they'll be okay. This this will be forgotten next week. I mean, when they, whenever whenever you watch this, the game's been played. They've either won or lost by now. I don't think it'll be forgotten because I think people like a thing is building up about her and Jackson Mahomes on social media, and I think people are like even trying to frame this as a well, we don't, you know, they have to be knocked out of the playoffs so we don't have to watch Jackson Mahomes dance at the Super Bowl. Nah, I, I don't hate on anybody on their hustle, but we all have to admit his dances aren't good. And it's horrible. But that's <laughs> imagine like you play for the Kansas City Chiefs and. They, you see people online literally saying you. They hope you lose the game because they don't like the quarterback's wife and brother. That's so wild. <laughs> that is so wild. Like that is some like real housewives reality show gossip blending into NFL football. Like people really don't like you. Yeah. To the point yeah. where they would rather have a team lose a really good quarterback lose. Because they don't like his wife and his brother. I refuse to see that sad behind dancing anymore. Yeah, it is trash. I hope the I hope the Bengals before the game they play all that his videos. Is this what we want? The Super Bowl? Is this what we want, guys? My prediction is I don't think they're. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Yeah, they go there. They're probably I, most likely going to win. I wouldn't bet against them. So I, I think we should expect to see them in the Super Bowl. But I, I would like to know. What's going to happen in the next couple years between the Mahomes family? Like, are is it is their antics going to end up having a like reflection on his image and his career? Because I do think people just like him in terms of like he's talented at what he does. Yeah, he kind of is a quiet guy. He's not flashy. He's not partying. He's not making any political statements left or right or whatever. So I think people like that about him. Yeah, based on the media image he presents, he seems. I, I mean, I enjoy him. He seems cool. He seems. He don't seem cool. He it, seems it, like a nice guy. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem, seem like a cool. No, no, no. And that's fine. You gotta be cool. Yeah, I feel like somebody dresses him. He doesn't just say, Ooh. "Uh, I need, I need to wear those clothes." Somebody dress him like that. They try. Mm. He's probably wearing bootcut jeans and folds, so you know, so you gotta do something. But I do know also when you start being the underdog. And like the young, the young guy who everybody wants to see you kind of like hit the top. When you hit the top, what happens? Usually, people start hating you, become a villain. Mm-hmm. And so, I hope that all the stuff with his his fiance and his brother doesn't help kind of turn that narrative of people rooting against him. You know, I'm not rooting against him. I'm rooting <laughs> against. <laughs> I'm rooted against them taking Instagram pictures at the 50 yard line and they're sad dancing. That's what I'm rooting. They for. are so obnoxious. Like I, I had to do a little deep dive and like go on TikTok and watch videos of them, and I was like, wow, they're unlikable. <laughs> they are unlikable for sure. Because I, I don't know. What, I just don't know what he does. I don't know. I don't know what. <laughs> Did you sketches? Does he do dancing? He can't. We pop it off dancing because it's not good. They were just like, and I, and it may be the way the press does it but it just looks like they always the only two people on the field like you don't see nobody else wife and, and relatives out there dancing and I still want to go back to if that was Aisha Curry doing that or if that was LeBron James's wife or if that was uh, Travis Kelsey's girlfriend out there doing that they would have ripped them to shreds and they, and they still the they way. do get on his fiance to a certain extent but it's also a lot of people defending her but I want to say if that was any other type of woman looking a different type of way, it would be a very different, like, 
if Aisha Curry had a spray the crowd down with champagne, they would be still talking about that right now. Mm, they, they'd be trying to ban her from the stadium. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, no, how dare she? She can never come in here. Yep. So, and we, I think we all know that, but uh, you, mm-hmm. you want to roll into your, are we heading over to Reddit? We can head over to Reddit for our finale for the day. The Reddit. <laughs> as, as we do that, I just wanted to get your thoughts about how do you think uh, our video went? How, how was our video session for you? I'm enjoying it. We had some difficulties, as y'all, as y'all first know. Time, first, first time. First time. Hey, we, but months. I think we, we gotten a good flow of things. So we yeah. ho- hopefully it's all coming together. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You had a good time out here recording. I had a fantastic time. We're doing for it. those that are wondering what we were drinking. Uh, we are drinking whiskey. Mm-hmm. Some is it a neat pour? I don't know what it's called when it's not on ice. Yeah, yeah. Taste and pour. I had to taste a couple times. I'm so hard to feel it. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hurry up and get this. Let's hurry to get this Reddit out the way so Ooh. we can get you. Well, we can get some water. And, Chattanooga, I, I don't even know why. Chattanooga whiskey, ninety-one proof, straight bourbon. Mm. All right, give me though. Am I the asshole for only continuing to pay for my adult children who started families? So they only pay for their adult children who started families. So like their grown children who yeah. have kids. And they help them pay for things. Mm-hmm. Financially not, supporting those kids. But not the ones who didn't pay. Who don't have kids. Who don't have kids. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, are you the asshole? A little bit. A little bit. A little, right. a little asshole. Well, let's get into it. So this person has some typos and grammar issues. So I may like hop to summarizing at certain points. Mm-hmm. Um, in short, I've devoted myself, male 64, to my career and future family since I was 17 started my first savings account and I managed to accrue quite a bit but not an infinite amount of money I have eight children and they've been the true lights of my life I pay for all of them to be educated and all their expenses up to their 21st birthdays Mm -hmm. my issue is this when my second daughter was 19 she became pregnant and I made the decision to help her financially with her child going beyond her 21st birthday Mm -hmm. So the the cutoff was 21, but she had a baby. So he said, I'll continue to help you even after you're 21. Yeah. I've been supporting her family since and eventually made the rule that as long as any of my own children had a child, the financial support would continue until said child turned 21. So he's saying, I'll continue to support my children's household until my grandchild in that household turns 21. Mm. Um, the amount I pay includes rent, food, tuition, and a modest monthly recreation fund. So, living a good life. I need to go talk to my mom. <laughs> All right. So, since then, five of my children have started families all early, so I've continued to support them. So, they all started families before 21, which I mean, with an incentive like that. <laughs> they be like, shoot. Right. We need to pop one out. Right. <laughs> Um, my youngest daughter is not yet 21, mm. so she's currently covered, but my fourth daughter, Emma, and my youngest son have not had any children. Yeah. Emma has taken an issue with this. She's married and considers her pets to be her children. But the cre- the pets don't obviously require tuition or a recreation budget or any other money to live like in a child-friendly area. They don't. He feels like they don't require any extra support. She claims that I am pushing her into having children she does not want 
as she is a child-free person. I just feel though, as a college-educated woman with a two-income home and very few responsibilities, she can take care of herself financially. My youngest son has not made any complaints. Emma says this is favoritism and I'm trying to force a lifestyle onto my kids. I don't believe I'm in the wrong here, but am I an asshole? No, he's not the asshole. I mean, he can choose to do with his money how he spends it. He, he can give all his money to one child if he wants. I mean, it's his money. It's, it's probably not the best, but I, I don't know if I would say he's just the asshole based on that. So Reddit thought he was the asshole. And I was really surprised by that. I think sometimes I have to remember that you don't know how old people are already and you don't know what type of like families and backgrounds they come from. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with how people think about what your parents should do for you and what's fair and what's not fair. But what I what I heard him saying was Emma has a steady income. She's she's stable, she's safe. She just chose not to have children. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have children, you don't get the financial support. And if you don't need the money, then why my question is like why do you want that money? And it, they answer, well they're all my siblings are getting their bills paid and they have kids. You know, it's like, well, that's just because grandpa wants to take care of his grandkids. Mm-hmm. He's not paying the pay, the children. He's paying for the grandkids. Mm-hmm. And she chose not to have any. Which is fine. So I could see if she was like, didn't have an education, didn't have a degree, didn't have a partner, didn't have a good job. And she needed the financial support and he was still saying no. But it sounds like she's okay. Yeah, undergrad degree seems, seems to have been paid for. Yeah. So. Yeah, tuition yeah. paid. Tuition was paid, all her bills up to that point. I, I doubt he just cut them for 21, probably let them graduate school. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, like you graduated at 22, 23, and now you're cut off. So Yeah. It, now, what I will say, like a lot of people's basic argument was that he was an asshole because he kind of they felt like he was manipulating his kids into having grandchildren but i would say that it sounded more like the the first person had a baby she got pregnant at 19 Mm. and he decided to offer support and he just said oh i enjoy doing this so i will continue to do that it's not like the stipulation is they have to have a certain number of kids or they have to keep having kids every two years or anything and maybe i will give it to the, the commenters on reddit I think maybe setting up a system sent a message to everybody else of like, oh, if I don't want to get a job, I can just have a baby and mm-hmm. dad will take care of me. Yes. And then they can start podcasting on YouTube. <laughs> so maybe like I don't have to work as hard. Or I don't have to, you know, try as hard if I know I have somebody paying for rent and my kids tuition. Yeah. But I mean, again, it's still a free choice. Like she chose not to take the offer. And I think she should, now, if he's, she's like, hey, dad, I need to borrow some money, or I need something that's coming up in the future, I need some money, and he has it, great for it that he helps her with it. Mm. But I don't feel like, what well, I'm paying you, that's like the same, to me, it's like the same thing as a child support argument. Like, he's basically paying grandkids support to them. So mm. if you don't have any grandkids, why would I pay you grandkids support? Mm-hmm. I paid for you up to 21, I'm not paying for you anymore, anymore so I don't. I don't, he, I, don't, I don't feel like he's the asshole in this situation. These sound like very privileged people to me for the fact yeah. that you got your whole college tuition paid 
the other siblings who get in their households paid for basically and their kids are are financially comfortable thanks to grandpa and you mad because you want to continue being taken care of financially mm-hmm. like it's people who get kicked out the house at 18 yeah 18 they ain't even finished some of them ain't even finished high school they just kicked out because they're 18 years old they still got a mm-hmm. whole semester love and they don't ever finish because of that so Yep. Yeah, I think she's going to sit down. Are they say anything in the comments? A lot of people say he was asshole because he was spoiling his kids and he's practicing favoritism by rewarding kid, the, the kids who have children and punishing the ones who don't have children. And I'm like, that again... It's not a punishment. <laughs> I'm not punishing you for not having children. You're just not getting this this thing, which can, can be seen as an incentive to have kids. But right. if you choose not to do it, you're not losing anything. Right. Because you never would have got it if you don't have the kids. Yeah, and I mean, if he's incentivizing his kids to have to have grandchildren and that's the way they're, they're receiving that offer oh well I mean it's your generosity you you can be generous with your money how you want to be generous with your money and nobody can come up and say like well you gave it to them because I made the stipulations clear for every family it's not like she had a kid and he changed his mind mm-hmm. so Oh, well, I don't know. I have to disagree with Reddit on this one. Yeah, I'm sorry, Reddit. Please don't, please don't beat us up, Reddit. <laughs> I don't really like to beat people up. They like us tussles. Mm-mm-mm. Well, I think I, I need to find where Grandpa lives. <laughs> we need to be like, we your kids. Remember us? <laughs> we, we, we's married, now. <laughs> but thank you all for coming on our journey. And for the people that are watching this on the video places, thank mm-hmm. y'all for being here and Yay. vibing with us. Whoa. So, I guess we'll see y'all next time. Until next time. Bye. 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 Bye.